after a week in Costa Rica with Michael Bernard Beckwith, I'm going to share with you why the answer is actually you for every question you've ever had. And more importantly, what to do for yourself once you adhere to that sort of methodology. If you're anything like me, I had no idea who Reverend Michael Beckwith was. And I say that, of course, I knew him loosely from seeing different things around the internet from him, seeing him speak to to people like Oprah and appear on different television shows. I had an idea of who he was. But what I didn't have an idea of was the bias that I was carrying around based off of Reverend in front of his name. You see, for me personally, I've now come to the fact of realizing that anyone that is tied to a religious dogma, to a stigma, does something internally to me that I I feel a little unsettled with. And I felt that way based off of my own bias. I think it's fair to say that both you and I have bias that exists in our lives. I just happen to be announcing mine here. That a pastor, a reverend, someone in that authoritative figure, in my mind was going to be the person that said, no, 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 you've got a one-way ticket to hell if you do X, Y, and Z. That doesn't make anybody comfortable. Certainly wouldn't make me comfortable. And that was the bias, again, that I had for Michael Beckwith. But I didn't know anything about his agape church. I don't even know if church is the right terminology now that I understand so much more about it. But what I do know is that he has practitioners that I got to spend an entire week with in Costa Rica as we mapped out an ongoing protocol to help people that have been through a plant-based medicine journey. And the core principles about who they are and what they believe in were so profound to me that I feel compelled to share them with you in the depth in which I'm able to. See, Marco Beckwith has a book called The Answer Is You. And what I'm going to share with you are pieces and parts and excerpts of that and actually what gets trained on Rhythmia's campus as part of the plant integration process. If you're unfamiliar with Rhythmia, check out Rhythmia.com. That's R-Y-T-H-M-I-A.com. It is in Costa Rica. It's a plant-based medicine retreat center specializing in the methodology and modality of ayahuasca, which is a carrier of DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which over a four-day experience shows you incredible things about yourself, the universe, and how we're all connected. This all ties into Reverend Beckwith's teaching and training based off of the molecule showing us over and over again during the plant ceremony that we're all connected, that we're all one. And then the God that we seek that is external is actually all around us all the time. And more importantly than that, he's actually, or she, in, the, in this ideology, she is in us right now. She's everywhere around us. Now I know, even that statement can be polarizing. Bear with me as I share these things with you, because I believe if you can keep an open mind, there could be a new perspective that could be held in place for you. Now, we refer to ayahuasca as mother ayahuasca. There's a, there's a very loving, motherly energy. It's certainly a female form. Everybody that goes through a plant-based experience has the same sort of connectivity to a motherly source. 
that in itself is pretty profound, isn't it? That people from all over the globe, all walks of life, all religious backgrounds, all belief systems, all struggles and triumphs, when under the medicine, when having consumed ayahuasca, it's always a motherly figure. And so from that, we determined that the base of all life could be, is a female form. And with that, Michael Beckwith begins to dive into eight life structures that he believes comprise all of the human experience that we have right now. Those eight life structures are your spiritual structure, your egoic structure, the structure of your beliefs, the structure of your relationship, the structure of your community, your physical structure or the structure of your body temple, your financial structure, and ultimately the structure of your livelihood. I'm going to explain what all these mean so you get a better grasp of them. Because if you've listened to my show before, if you've listened to 15 Minutes of Freedom, my previous podcast, or if you've worked with me as a client, you understand that I believe there's a four-dimensional reality across fitness, faith, family, and finance. And that each one of those should have a few things done for them every day, comprising of eight different variables. It's similar, but not completely the same as what Michael Beck was sharing. See, these life structures end up being the fundamental areas of life where our growth and development are actually revealed. We may be more involved in some structures and a little bit less involved in others, but we are growing all on our independent levels. The stabilization of our life and our life structures keep pace with the evolution of our consciousness, which in itself is a foreign concept for many. You have a sense of awareness that you walk around with at all times. That sense of awareness can be grown and matured no different than the physical growing and maturing of your actual body. But our evolution of this consciousness is dependent upon the depth of our inner practices, i.e., where I would look at it, the optimized eight, the notes of appreciation, the meditation, the journaling, the reading, the declaring, the sweating, the fuel, the smoothies, everything encompassing is what I look at to provide that stabilization of structure. But the stabilization of structure also provides the courage, tenacity, and the capacity to genuinely empower ourselves to become a beneficial presence on the planet or essentially a contributor to planetary evolution. Think about the profoundness of that statement. Your daily rituals and habits, the things that you do for yourself to put you in personal power, are the exact things that will provide you the courage, the tenacity, and the capacity to become a beneficial presence on the planet. Let that sink in for a second. It's so profound that just today in two of my clients, one had an incredible epiphany about what awareness really means. And that as her and I have worked together over the past six months, there's been countless lessons that we've learned together. But in an overall encompassing self-awareness exercise that she went through over the weekend, all of it clicked. The pieces and parts were made whole. 
she realized that the answers that she was seeking for externally could only be found within. This empowered her to make more decisive decisions inside of her business and how she's going to propel it going forward. This creates the exact container that will be required for her to move from her income level to two, three, four times that much. And she had to walk down her own path to receive that message. The same thing becomes true for another client of mine, an incredible real estate agent out of, out of the San Francisco Bay Area. He's having epiphany after an epiphany of the awareness that he's going through of what it means to fight through to get what we want. And that maybe, just maybe, all the pushing isn't required to get to the end, end goal. But all these are found from daily rituals and habits, from things that they find benefit in, that they've now ingrained and indoctrinated into their own life. The same way I would encourage you to do. You see, a structure that is well aligned becomes a gift and an asset, never a liability. And this structure, as I refer to as the optimized eight, is something that will never fail you. When you do things in sequential order and you get up in time to do them for yourself every morning, it allows you and affords you the ability to know as you tackle the day that you're incredibly aligned with your ultimate purpose. And it becomes an asset as you go forward. The structures, though, are not linear, right? The structures, not only for the Optimize 8, but as far as Michael Beckwith would teach, they're not linear. You could be in a four-stage relationship in a stage two livelihood. And you can also move between structures and in between stages in a particular structure. So let me dive in a little bit more to what these structures mean. Again, as far as Michael Beckwith is concerned, it's the spiritual structure, the ego structure, structure of belief, structure of relationship, structure of community, Structure of your physical body, structure of your financial well-being, and your overall livelihood. And inside the spiritual realm, as Michael Beckwith shares, the spiritual structure is that one of practicing meditation, affirmative prayer, life visioning, spiritual study, introspection, and service, being in servitude, are the ground of which everything else evolves. That's where everything else that you want in your life flows from. All other life structures are mirrors reflecting back to us how we are progressing in our journey towards self-realization. Everything begins and ends in self. Why would that be? It would be because I'm God just as you are God. Because we're all divine creators. Because what we think about, we bring about into our lives. And from that standpoint, if you look at the infinite possibility of what it took to get here, as well as what will happen long after we perish, we have to have been comprised of thought. And God is a creator, is an energetic force, is nothing more than a thought in which we are direct lineages of. And so while we're here in our human form, walking around, experiencing life, just as you are now, it's your thoughts that create the things that manifest themselves into your daily life. So when he shares that all other life structures are mirrors reflecting back to us how we are progressing on our journey towards self-realization, that is the fact that as I'm sharing this with you, if you realize and are just open to the fact that this could in fact be the guiding light that you've been searching for, that it's not found externally. 
It's found, it's found in this self-actualization that you are the divine, that you are the creator, that everything all around you is always there. How incredible is that to know or to just imagine that it could be possible? How different does your life feel realizing that just perhaps you can create and manifest what you want? It just never comes in the way that we expect it to because that E word, that expectation, that's what slows us all down. Those are the things that we can't tap into. Expectations are human form, not metaphysical form, which ends up being what the agape lifestyle is all about. It's about a metaphysical presence of the all-encompassing energy that is God. But as we switch from touching base on the spiritual side of things, we now dive into ego. And ego has such a negative connotation, but it really doesn't need to. The structure about ego is ultimately about self-respect. It's about self-worth. It's about self-love. When our ego ends up being healthy, there is no experience of inferiority or superiority or of even equality. That None of those exist because we no longer compare ourselves to others because we accept the intrinsic precious worth as a spiritual being having a human incarnation. A less profound way to say that is when we accept the fact that we are all one and that we are spiritual beings having a human existence, then there would never be a need to compare ourselves to another person. Because we're all mirrors of each other. We're all mirrors of ourselves. We're all from the divine. So why would anybody be more or less than me? Why would anybody be more or less than you? Well, they wouldn't be. We know that as we are cherished by the whole, that we're all beings of passing and temporary times, and we see all other beings as being unique expressions of infinite potential as well. So no matter how good or bad you believe someone to be, at the human form, at the spiritual and soul level, at the heart level, you would have to then express the fact that they are open to infinite possibilities of creation and growth. No different than you are. So no longer then do we look down our noses at people because why would we? We're not comparing. We're one and the same. As Michael Beckwith and his team of practitioners are sharing some of these thoughts with me, my mind is getting blown because I admittedly have thought this for years and years and didn't know how to box it up. No one had ever explained it in such an articulate way that made sense to me. It was like I was grasping at straws all the time. I didn't know where I fit. Like in my mind, God is this man. Jesus is his son. You go to church and you pray. And that's just what it is. And that never felt right to me. Well, now all of a sudden, there's something here that feels right. And it feels right as we dive into the structure of livelihood. This structure is beyond simply having a job. Livelihood is stabilized when it is a true expression of our creative purpose. And that creative purpose is essentially a vehicle for delivering our talents, our skills, and our gifts to the planet. We may find it necessary to change our livelihoods as we discover areas we've been hiding out from, suppressing, or repressing all of our natural gifts and talents. So now when we look at your livelihood, right? Again, the human form, we all think livelihood. How many dollars do I have in the bank? How much money do I have? What am I earning? And certainly that, that plays a role. You must have 
in modern times, the ability to produce income. But it's much more than having a job. Your livelihood is based around fulfilling your soul's purpose. That creative drive. Right again, we go back to the infinite. We go back to the creator. We go back to what we will view as God. God was the ultimate creator. And if you and I are based of God, then we would also be the ultimate creators. So we would have a purpose that our souls went through to be here at this moment in time to then create something to leave and go forward. I don't believe that that's that crazy to say out loud. What, that we're just here by chance? That, you know, Big Bang happened and we disappeared? Or, you know, there was molecules that split and X, Y, and Z happened and here we show up and it's just, we just get to go through life, experience what we experience and then die. And just over. It doesn't click with me. It never has. And so the livelihood and realizing that we're supposed to grow and evolve and change. And as we grow and progress and change and our awareness increases, so could our purpose. And that when we break the social contracts that we have with those people around us, and all of a sudden we, we relinquish control of what we think we had to be and we create who we want to be, it makes other people feel uncomfortable because they no longer can define us. But the only definition that would need to happen is the definition of self by self because comparison shouldn't be present. But how difficult is that if two people are on a different path of awakening or enlightenment or understanding, which then causes turmoil and friction. And through turmoil and friction, we get uncomfortable because we then remember all the times in our life where we've been uncomfortable and we don't like to feel uncomfortable. And we most likely didn't have a support system to get us out of feeling uncomfortable. We were left to wallow in our own uncomfortableness. And so we stop. But from that, even bring that up and hopefully projecting it into your awareness for you just to consider what could be possible going forward. And as we talk about what's possible going forward, we're going to talk about the structure of a relationship. And the relationship is about expressing unconditional love, compassion, forgiveness, Begin with a relationship to oneself, meaning you, and expanding it to include one's immediate loved ones, community, and world. When this structure is stabilized, truly stabilized, you will no longer seek a relationship to make you happy, whether we bring happiness to our relationships. Think about the profound nature of just that statement. When you no longer seek a relationship to make you happy, you then begin to realize that you bring happiness into the relationship. And that the relationship with oneself is the most important relationship. And why would that be? Wouldn't the relationship with God be the most important? Well, if you are God and I am God, then our relationship with ourselves is the biggest thing that we have. Again, this was when all this was being dropped to me, my brain was exploding with excitement. It's like it finally made sense. And it made sense even more as it got into the, the structure of our body temple. The structure of this reveals our relationship to the body as a vehicle of spirit that lives in it, lives through us, and as us. And the body temple, when stabilized, the body provides balanced nutrition from food, water, exercise, and sufficient downtime. Pushing harder is not the way. The fundamental wholeness of the body temple is a law unto health of every cell, organ, and limb. 
when this structure is completely stabilized, our body temple is an asset to our spiritual growth and not a detriment. Again, to really dial this in, you have to be open to considering the fact that we are a spiritual being having a human existence. So the, the meat sack that you and I walk around in is nothing more than a shell to hold our soul. And when you start to honor and treat your meat sack well, you begin to have a heightened intuition or a better sense of soul. No different than the home you may live in now. When your home is clean and orderly, you feel different when you walk into it. Certainly different than when it's disheveled, dirty, unkempt. Our bodies are the same way. And whether it's a vegan-based diet or a plant-based diet or a meat-based diet, when you honor the temple that is your body from rest, recuperation, repair, healthy food and fuel, and you treat it like the sacred vessel it is, life shows up differently for you. And it shows up differently for you in the next structure, which is financial. The structure of financial acknowledges spirit as a source and substance of supply and the law of circulation as its vehicle. This financial structure recognizes that money is an energy exchange that supports us living in our vision and contributing to the good of others. Stabilization of this structure results in conscious, being conscious stewards of our financial resources, and the money is not spent because then it runs out. Instead, money is always circulated. I can't tell you how many times that I have thought or shared, it's not my money or your money, it's our money. And money just equates to energy. And as I pay forward energy, the law of circulation, it's going to come back to me. And so that's why I pull in my pocket when I have cash in and I find a less fortunate person that's looking for money because it's not my money to start with. It never was. If I hold on to it like it's the last dollar I have, I can assure you it will be the last dollar I have. I have to give it away. I have to pay it forward. Just I'm going to encourage you to pay it forward in this structure because you can't spend money. You just can't. You just circulate it. Stop saying you're going to spend it. Change your vernacular to circulate. The next structure we're going to talk about is beliefs. Until we begin to, to wake up, our life structures are comprised of beliefs and concepts that we do not recognize our limitless nature or limitless nature of existence. As we expand and deepen in consciousness, beliefs and concepts mature and ultimately stabilize into trusting the fundamental goodness of the universe and ourselves. As this structure stabilizes, we no longer feel compelled to defend our beliefs as we live in them. Think about how much time you have spent defending something you believe in. That when you saw something on Facebook that got you riled up, that you felt compelled to pounce on somebody else with an opposing viewpoint. Think of how great it would feel to not have that be something you felt compelled to do. As you keep reframing and staying open in your awareness and deepen your conscientiousness, your beliefs and concepts that allow you to mature, right? And then trust the fundamental goodness of our universe and ourselves. When you believe that we are inherently good and that you are an inherently good person, the more things just keep stacking up to play the game of life in your favor. And that could come about in the, the form of the structure of your community, which is the next step. This life structure is about the consciousness and the recognition of our interconnectedness with all beings. When the community is stabilized, 
the constricted boundary of living a life of the quote-unquote me plan expands into the larger self, into a sense of being a global citizen. We also realize the value of coming together with other like-minded individuals who support us on our walk towards spiritual awakening. As the structure is stabilized, we find our right place in our community sharing our gifts. That's exactly what this show is about. This isn't a me situation anymore. These things that I know, the lessons that I've learned, the books that I've read, the teachings that have helped me and are helping clients all over the globe, they're not mine to hold on to. They're for all of us. They're for all of us because when I've seen them work hundreds of times, which will soon be thousands of times and tens of thousands of times, this is all based on the framework of personal development. We're not even touching base on yet how to scale and grow a business or how to truly make your body feel impenetrable. This is simply an all-encompassing how to live a more fulfilled, a more happy life. It's incredible what that looks like. And one of the best ways that I've found to help increase the quality of your life is to invest in it. And you're investing by consuming this podcast right now, but potentially you want to invest in a little bit more. One of the best investments that I have personally made so far is in the Human Potential Institute. That's humanpotentialinstitute.com, which is led by Dr. Mark Atkinson and his incredible staff of brilliant individuals that truly help reframe what is possible inside the personal development space. Dr. Mark Atkinson has created an ICF accredited coursework, which will take 10 plus months for you to, to truly complete But from this standpoint, you're able to become a licensed life coach and specialist. This might not sound like a big deal to you, but when you're traversing life on your own, whether you wish to be a coach or not, how impactful would it be to have every tool possible at your infinite disposal? Human Potential Institute is an incredible way to pull that off. Dr. Mark Atkinson is a phenomenal facilitator and coach. I couldn't be more happy to have went through the process myself. In addition to that, in case you forgot that domain or need a little bit more resource on what I'm sharing right now, hop over to OptimizeLifeShow.com and download the commentary resources. Every show that I put out has transcriptions and value-added PDFs, as well as invitations into our private Facebook group, Optimize Life Group, where like-minded individuals share and connect in a completely commentary platform. I do this to build tribe and community because I know how impactful it is to stop focusing on the me and start focusing on the us. As we shift now back into these eight spiritual lessons, each one of them has four individual stages of spiritual development. So you have eight, eight levels, right? We've covered those eight levels. I'm going to touch them one more time for you. You have the spiritual level, spiritual structure. You have the egoic structure, the livelihood structure, the structure of your relationship, the structure of your body temple, your financial structure, the structure of your beliefs, and the structure of your community. Now, each one of those has four stages built into it. And that first stage is a victim consciousness. And a victim consciousness essentially is that everything is happening to me. So victims believe their life is controlled by external sources rather than by self-choice or self-responsibility. Opportunities are being given up to blame and shame. Now, there's nothing wrong if you're here right now. 
If you are operating in a victim consciousness, by bringing it to your awareness, you can now make a shift through it. All of this is just an exercise to get clear on where you're at, so you don't have to stay there. You know, until you know something is possible, how could you be expected to shift out of it? If you don't believe me, imagine you're in a dark room. You're laying in the middle of the floor. You have no idea how you got there. The room is pitch black. Instead of laying in the middle of the floor, you would eventually crawl around looking for a window or door to open. Once you became aware that a door was there, you would do everything you could to get out of the room. Whether that's twist the handle, whether it's knock on it to get help, whether it's lower your shoulder and try to run it down, it, you wouldn't be able to do that until you had the heightened sense of awareness to know that it was there. Same thing happens with those levels of consciousness. So the stage one is that victim consciousness. Things happen to me. Stage two ends up being a manifest consciousness, which means it happens to it. So manifestors make effective use of the law of manifestation and thus feel a sense of control over their life. The opportunity here is to give up control and this false sense of power. We don't have to be in control of all the variables. That's actually a false expectation that I believe many of us have. As I see it with clients all the time, there are ways to achieve what you want that have been proven time and time again to get what you desire. I believe you should have everything that you want plus some. But I believe that simply saying things are going to happen to you or to it is not going to be enough to get you there. We're going to have to step into stage three and stage four in order to really get more clear on this. And stage four ends up being the channel consciousness, that things are happening through you. So channelers are aware of being a vehicle of the spiritual light and live from the sense of ultimate surrender. The opportunity here is to give up the ego and sense of separation. So you have people, maybe you even know someone in your life that say, man, everything happens to me. There's another group of people say, no, 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 I created the situation in which this happened. Then you have another tier of people that says, no, 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 this is supposed to happen. It's, it's happening through me. Like I, I, this is all part of the grander plan. None of those inherently are bad or flawed. They're just what they are. But the fourth and final stage of consciousness ends up being as me, the being consciousness. These self-realized beings sense their oneness with the source and have no sense of separate self. This is where you can truly experience limitless awareness. My friend, how wouldn't, who wouldn't want to be limitless? Who wouldn't want to have infinite possibilities? Do you enjoy playing small? Do you enjoy feeling like there's a better path, but you just don't know what it is? Of course not. But it's a choice. And if you can choose to have a bad thought, why not choose to have a good thought? And if you can choose to say that things are happening to me, why wouldn't you choose to start to tap into the fact that you are the creator and that you're going to create new, new beliefs, new systems, new patterns, new habits that are going to serve you going forward? This all goes back into some of the things I shared in previous episodes about being defined by memory of your past or propelled forward by a vision of your future. I didn't know when I recorded that episode that I was going to spend time in this capacity with Michael Beckwith. I didn't realize what the agape practitioners studied. I didn't realize that it was a metaphysical-based training that looks at God as all of us, which ties so deeply into the metaphysical training that I've done. It's truly phenomenal when, to me, you start really diving into what we're seeking is also seeking us. There's a chance by you listening to this show at this moment in time You've been looking for something to connect you to something greater. 
that potentially religion never felt like home to you, that going to church on Sunday and reading the Bible left you scratching your head, or that you simply wanted to experience more joy and creativity in life. That's how this works. That's what this lifestyle ends up being. So one of the things I'm going to have you do, one of the, I'll call it assignments that I'm going to ask of you on the downloadable PDF is to identify which stage you are at in each one of the eight different levels. So each one of the eight levels, you're in a stage one through four. Be honest with yourself. You're not going to email them to me. No one's going to see them. But to truly get clear on what is it, where are you at? And then as you get through that, we're going to talk about your your area of primary growth. And that starts with what's your primary fear? What's the biggest fear you have in your life right now? And then what's the scariest thing you can share about where you're at in your structure? So that could be something like someone's afraid of ending up broke or alone or with a disease or not being liked, right? The fear is attached to an emotion. And when you begin to get clear on these, it helps you get clear on how to progress forward. See, all of this, all that I'm going to share, all that this show is designed to do is to create a new heightened sense of awareness for you. Because what I found time and time again in the personal development space, from a sense of awareness of what can be possible, just giving yourself a flyer, if you will, that wild chance and possibility that some of this might actually be true. You can create an entirely different world for yourself. And when you're open to new possibilities from a new heightened sense of awareness, the world becomes your oyster. It's your playground. No longer are things speeding around you. It's like there's this divine orchestration that's present in front of us because everything that we are is everything around us. There is no separation between me and you or between myself and the energy that surrounds me or the people that I come across or the phone calls that I have. And the same would be true for you. I fully realize this shatters a belief system and can be a rather polarizing conversation. I hope it's not polarizing the fact that it shuts you down to what could be possible. So I certainly don't claim to know 100% of everything. What I do know is what I have found to work for me and clients all over the globe. And with these particular situations, with these particular structures, that if you just adhere to them being possible, you could create a life of infinite possibilities. That's ultimately what this is all about. Optimized Life Show is dedicated to your unlimited success. And that's ultimately what I'm here to do. So I'm Ryan Idell, wishing you nothing but unlimited success.